Three, two, one. Welcome to the Wrestle Down. Wrestle Down. Catch you up on the latest and greatest in wrestling. Uh, I'm Jared Plopple, Twitter.com, Swing Dingling. I am Dennis Bruno, dbruno42 on Instagram at SenseiDenby on Twitter. And I think I am Swing Dingling on Twitch as well. Uh, yeah. I, I was streaming. So, uh, how was your week? Uh, week was good. Real good. Lots of wrestling stuff, including the G1, baby. Yes. Yeah. I watched a ton of stardom because they had three shows last weekend. Uh, so I was keeping up on those. And I think they have the entirety of the finals uh, uploaded now. So I'll catch up with that later. I uh, started watching or started playing um, the Champion Road Beyond storyline from Fire Pro Wrestling. Because uh, I got bored of the oh, New Japan. Nice. Sorry? Sorry? Uh, no, I just said, oh, nice, and I was not. Okay, yeah, because it, it broke up, so I couldn't hear what you said. Oh, okay, uh, sorry. Yeah, not, not your fault. Um, yeah, I got kind of bored of the New Japan career mode because uh, I set it to medium when I started, and now I am significantly better than medium. So yep. I am heavy. And... <laughs> <laughs> so far i mean if you, if you follow me on twitch i'm going to keep streaming the storyline as it happens uh so far i have left japan and have entered been entered against my wishes in an mma tournament uh <laughs> with a shady sponsor the story mode is going to be fun well, I mean, Enochiism uh, is so powerful that it's invaded Fire Pro Wrestling. That's, yeah. that's what I'm hearing. Yes, uh, yeah. I have defeated two guys, uh, one who promised to submit me, and uh, I submitted him because I am nice. mean. I'm a mean <laughs> man. <laughs> you're he- no, you're heavy. There's a difference. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think you play as a dis- the son of a disgraced wrestler, and I guess – We'll see how this goes. I don't know where this storyline's going, but I've heard it's really good. Uh, yeah, so it's a fun time. Uh, what'd you watch this week? I watched uh, bits and pieces. I've been watching like highlights of Raw and SmackDown, um, which I know we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Raw Underground and, and like. Yep. I would like to at least cover um, Roman Reigns and Jey Uso continuing to kill it. Okay. Um, Right before this, I was watching A Block. I watched B Block first, just because that was the order of the videos on New Japan World. Oh yeah, you got to read like a manga, uh, right to left. Pretty much, yeah. Um, That's and, how you get but, a proper. But the action is top down, baby. Yes, yeah. Um, and yeah, the the G one. It's the only thing that's different from. Uh, any previous year due to quarantine is that the crowd just isn't as vocal. They're still stomping. And um, specifically in the juice, uh, juice Robinson match, he gets them to stomp to the rhythm of queen, which is so good. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Let's save the G one for the the end because it's the most things, but let's start with WWE. Mm. Let's start underground. Uh, You wanted to talk about raw underground, uh, which for those who have not watched, it's basically uh, Shane McMahon's show within a show. He's uh, he he must have gone to Vince and been like, "Hey, Vince, Dad, I have an idea." And he's like, "Who are you again?" Oh, right, my yeah. son. Right, and I I have an idea. Why don't we have a ring that has no ropes and then uh, people fight around it? And Vince was like, "That's great. We can't write two or three hours of quarantine uh, wrestling every week. I'll give you that much, however much time is left over for Raw Underground." Rah! 
And now we have Raw Underground, which is like a it's a, a blood sport knockoff, basically. But deified. Yeah, and visually it looks very different. Um eagle-eyed wrestling fans who just take a look at all the wrestlers who are around the ring that again has no ropes, has no cage to it, will notice like Eric Bugenhagen's there. So I'm like, yeah, but the boogs is there. Mm-hmm. Um and it legitimately does feel like anything could happen at any moment because yeah. they have had Papa Tunde on the roster for years and he's just been in developmental. Mm-hmm. They repackaged him as uh Dabacado. So like you said, it's kind of a blood sport knockoff and reminded me of kickboxer where the main baddie from kickboxer had like a Mohawk ponytail sort of thing. And Dabacado kind of has that. Yeah. Um, but Braun Strowman, who is now at this point, former universal champion, um, showed up last week on Raw Underground and showed up again this week, and now they're just teasing a showdown between him and Davocado. And it's basically the best use of Dolph Ziggler they've done lately, where Ziggler just got bounced around by Braun Strowman. Yeah, and he got to he. I mean, he started this week with a, a win over somebody who I can't even uh, remember. I think you want to talk about whether there's a future in this. Uh, what do you think? Um, long term, no. Uh, but it absolutely feels like one of those summer ideas that WWE throws out to see if they want to have it crystallize into uh, the coming out party for a wrestler like Davocado or uh, a specific gimmick match that only happens six months to a year to like once every few years, like the Punjabi prison match. Um, Cause like matches kind of happen and Vince McMahon is sort of scoring it. But, yeah, as you can see from the video you're adding here, Alistair yeah. Black was in there doing some stuff with Riddick Moss. I'm never in favor of Rid- of Alistair Black being in these situations and not looking like a total fucking world killer. Yeah. Um, which he eventually, I think Kevin Owens rushes the ring and they have, like, a schmoz. But, um, yeah, like, it just, it's clearly in the performance center, which is fine. Uh, you got Riddick Moss and Dolph Ziggler just kind of, like, milling around. Kevin Owens shows up here. It, yeah. it it's a good mid card to like lower lower card platform for people to stand out in a different way. Like the iconics broke up here. Yep. Yeah, I think there's um there is I think there is a, a long term future in this, but not the way WWE does it. Yeah. Um, I'm guess you watched like just highlights, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I like when you said you want to talk about it. I decided to watch like the entire third hour of Raw just to see how it fits in with everything. Yeah. Uh, and. Like last night's, this is previous week, but last night's with Braun Strowman squashing a bunch of dudes. Uh, it just, they kind of threw towards it like every 30 seconds or for like a 30 second clip in between other matches. Yeah. Which I think does it a real disservice because if this was like, if they replaced this with main event, I'd be like, fuck yeah. Like, yeah. I like, I, it's, it's still super stylized WWE shit, but it's like slightly grittier. You get to see, it's a little bit rougher a little bit. There's a different fighting style when people enter. Yeah. Um, but if it's just like in between all the other raw stuff, like I think what happened, like uh, at one point Oscar and Mickey James made their entrance for their match. And then they showed like 30 seconds of Braun Strowman squashing people in raw underground. Then Oscar and Mickey James had their match and then a couple more matches happened, and then they went back to Raw Underground for Braun Strowman, who apparently was just squashing the guys for an hour straight with cameras not running. And it just doesn't really make sense or fit the way they're doing it. No. But if it was its own thing, like, you know, I could be into it. 
I had always assumed from the highlight videos, because when you watch a, a clip, it's a minute to three minutes that it was like brawl for all, that they yeah. were just kind of uh, slotting it in. They would announce it a little bit. They wouldn't make a huge deal out of it because brawl for all was meant for uh, Dr. Death to win. Yeah. So Raw Underground, it, part of why I wanted to talk about it is that I, I don't know where it's going. I don't need to necessarily, but I want to at least guess at what, they want to do with it. Davocado seems to be like the big, the big product from it. Yeah. Um, honestly, it's, it's a shame that the authors of pain just got released cause they could have fucking wrecked people. Yeah. There. This would be a really good, like, I think the smartest thing they've done with this so far is that it's like rehabbed characters who kind of need it. Yeah. Like Alistair Black and Kevin Owens, they're having their uh, match that like reestablished them as like real fighters. Braun Strowman just lost the universal title. So now he gets to like look like a fucking badass squashing like eight guys. And you're like, oh, yeah, this guy uh, can demolish some like random people like really yeah. easily. That's why he's a former champion. Right. Uh, Shayna Baszler also was like go- doing nothing, going nowhere until she showed up on Raw Underground for a week or two. So, yeah, yeah it, it's a good like way to rehab wrestlers who just took a big loss and re- reestablish them as badasses. Yeah. And re-debut them like. You said with Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir, they'd been showing up for a few weeks. And yeah. when Shayna Baszler left NXT, they literally disappeared. Yeah. So that happened. Peyton Royce threw Billy Kay to the Wolves, um, which broke up the Iconics. Riddick Moss was 24-7 champion on and off. And apparently outside the ring is similar to like Marcus Corbon or Money Brown. He does um, family care, which yeah. is admirable of him. So, it, so he splits time between taking care of his family and doing wrestling. So he can, he's perfect for this because he only has limited time and he has always looked very good in terms of his physique, but never really seemed like he was going to get over as a professional wrestling type. Yeah, totally. Um, but you can throw him in a tank top and jeans and have him and Dolph Ziggler throw hands. And then Braun Strowman can kill them all. Yeah. 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 Um, him and um, Riddick and Dolph Ziggler, like teaming up on Braun and then Braun crushing them after they've already been shown to be competent fighters was like effective for Braun. It definitely yeah. helps. Uh, I just wish that I wish that there was a little bit more thought put into the presentation, but that's, yeah. that's WWE. Oh, there's too much thought. Like yeah. there was a, a video that, uh, or not a video. There was a tweet that somebody put out who um, had counted the number of camera cuts during like a one minute clip of Braun underground. And it was 60 fucking seven. Yeah. In a minute. Like that's more than a cut of a second. Yeah. It's it's, insane. Yeah. It's like, you can tell they have like four cameramen all around and they're just whipping through all of them. So like, I don't know. I don't know why they, that's their house style. I think I, my assumption is that they're like trying to obscure the point of impact so that it's not like, it's like a TV. I don't know if they're still TV PG, but even then like they're trying to keep it down. So it, you know, it's not like people getting bloodied and shit, but like, does take away from the action and i do wish that uh they you know uh make it its own thing or even just give it its own time slot make it 10 to 10 15 every raw right like or 10 to 10 30 with commercial breaks yeah build anticipation to it so it doesn't just feel like it's butting into whatever you're watching like mickey james versus asuka yeah. um and yeah it reminds me a lot of that infamous clip now where um drew mcintyre would he was a heel, was walking to the ring, and Seth Rollins bum rushes him with a chair, and you see from ringside somebody's recording it, and there's a cameraman who's just literally yeah. moving his camera up and down with the chair shots. Getting them squats and, in. 
Yeah. <laughs> and I think you're right. It's just, it obscures the point of impact, but I think it's, it's also this just ridiculous need for control of the visual that they want to make everything seem more kinetic and more impactful. It yeah. already is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm completely fine watching, uh, like a DDT show that's got one camera. Yeah. Like I can understand why you wouldn't put that on TV. Right. But like you don't need too much more than that, you know, right. to like capture all the action. If it's a pit fight, like the the best production I can think of of this fighting style is UFC because mm-hmm. they've had years to get it right. And I'm not saying that they have to co-opt UFC, even though they they're shameless about stealing shit like camera angles from AEW. Yeah. But they could easily, like you're saying, just have if they have four cameramen, bounce between two or three and do it less frequently so that if they want to make it more of an MMA shoot style, which from that clip, Alistair Black was showing that he can, he can strike, he can grapple, mm-hmm. he can wrestle, then... Like, Much like my try, character in Fire Pro Wrestling. Very, yes, <laughs> like uh, Jericho Heavy. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, like the, I like the style of it. I hate Shane McMahon feeling like he has to say something every other minute, yeah. or every other second, I, say, I feel like. Um... Like this would benefit from whoever their roster of like developmental announcers are. Shove mm. them in there, yeah. So that visually it sounds different and it looks different, and you're highlighting different people that you can see the rest of the roster on the rest of the show. Definitely, I actually don't mind Shane McMahon that much because mm. it is different to have like it. Here's the thing: it's inconsistent because yeah. like sometimes it'll be a raw underground segment and then you all the commentary you got is Shane McMahon being like oh he's striking him he's striking him oh triangle hold oh shit and like what take him down Kev take yeah, him down exactly like but then other times you get the normal announcers talking over it and it's also like weird that this underground thing exists in a situation where Michael Cole's like and now we take you to raw underground and it's like why why are we why is there a show a fighting show within the fighting show right? that doesn't, it's like, it's a weird thing that's at least more successful than retribution. I'll give it that much. That, that's exactly <laughs> why I wanted to talk about that and not retribution because yeah. retribution doesn't seem to be going anywhere. It seems already like it's uh, lampooning Donovan Dijakovic, me and whoever else seems more than likely to be in it. Yeah. Because it seems like they wanted to have some Nexus debut energy or NWO energy. And at first they had the chance for it, but it's been so all over the place. Yeah. Um, and it just, that part frustrates me because Drew McIntyre's can't miss as a world champion. Yep. Keith Lee's can't miss as a challenger. And Randy Orton's at a point in his career where he's happy to put over other people. He doesn't need to bury them or win titles and hold them. Stop making these random people in blue in black turtlenecks attack them. It's yeah. it's so unnecessary. Yeah, it was a really it's a real downer to end the show with uh, them interrupting a what was a very good big man match. Yeah. So, but yeah, Raw Underground adds more than it subtracts, and I hope they keep doing it and find different ways to make it like its own thing. Yeah, I hope that you know if they made it its own pay per view once a year, I'd be up for that too. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh, like yeah. lockdown, only reverse. Yeah. So uh, you wanted to sing more praises of uh, SmackDown, uh, Jey Uso, and Roman Reigns. I haven't yeah. watched any of SmackDown this week, so yeah. Let let me know what happened. Um, they they teamed up again in a tag team match instead of Reigns coming in uh, for like a hot second to score the pinfall. Um, the the 
climax of the whole show, really, is they're fighting Baron Corbin and I think Sheamus in a tag team match, and uh, Rain Spears, Baron Corbin, and like almost immediately from point of impact, is on his knees, looks up to the top rope, does one of these, and then Jey Uso flies from off screen, just goes wham, nice. nails Baron Corbin. The two of them win, but it's Jey Uso picking up the pin this week instead of Roman. Sweet and. Like Roman Reigns does this whole show of things of like, yeah, man, that was very impressive. He's standing up, he's smiling, his fucking shiny veneers are looking good. Jey Uso just like pats himself on the back, and Jey Uso walks alone up the ramp with his back turned to the ring, and Roman changes from happy smiling Roman Reigns to I'm going to murder Roman Reigns. Nice. And visually, it was the best that they've done with Roman it, since he's come back. It's it's been very very compelling. Nice. Yeah, yeah, he's he's doing a great job with this uh heel turn, which we all could have guessed but never thought that he'd actually do. And with now Paul that, Heyman, yeah. Yeah, I know. He's yeah, Paul Heyman also uh I love Paul Heyman being like almost worshipful of Roman. Uh yep. every time they do their segment oops, didn't shut up. Yeah, um yeah, I I'm excited to see where this goes and I'm actually pretty hyped for Clash of Champions. Uh we'll yep. see if I watch it or if I don't. I don't have any plans yet. Yeah, I'm going to say don't just because the Matt Riddle situation has gotten more gross since the last time we talked. And True. Um, it, it's why I like to talk about the bits and the pieces of the shows because it it's so difficult to be a huge Bailey fan because of being just a long-term Bailey fan from her in NXT to the main roster mm-hmm. and the great stuff she's doing with Sasha still. And it being said on the backdrop of them like – having Velveteen Dream come back. Matt Riddle is in like high profile one-off matches with AJ Styles and it just being it's supposed to being okay. So Reigns has nothing to do with any of this. He sat out the pandemic because he's immunocompromised and is now back and doing great work. Jey Oso has been grinding for years and his brother's hurt. So this is one of those rare opportunities where they take one half of the tag team and make them very important for a short time. And I, I just like how it's playing out. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I have fewer moral scruples about uh, watching say like an event that has Matt Riddle on it. So I yeah. will probably try to watch it. We'll see. I haven't sat through a full WWE pay-per-view in a bit. Well, actually I did for SummerSlam, but before that, not in a while. Yeah. Um, but I do think that from what I've seen from the SmackDowns I've watched recently and the, hour plus of raw i watched last night uh you know they've got to figure their shit out and i you know i'll give them credit for that even if they're still a soulless uh hellhole of a company uh oh you wanted to talk about ricochet um yeah uh there's there's rumors that he's leaving in january but like the evidence is pretty specious uh yeah, the, the evidence is specious, and what's more than likely to happen, I understand as just kind of like a wrestling fan realist, is he'll probably be treated like uh, the Revival and everybody who else who could have left at first but didn't. Um, he either has three years on his contract or five, and three years would be up in January. Right. And after we watched firsthand him do incredible fucking work in NXT, at WrestleMania, at mm-hmm. NXT, um he got up to the main roster and they did the same thing that they always do. They gave him a little bit of a push to begin with. He was United States champion for a cup of coffee. He Mm -hmm. was wrestling AJ Styles and they booked the matches like they always booked the matches. Incredible in the beginning and middle and terrible at the end. Yeah. So 
by the time he dropped the title back to Styles, he had nothing. They had nothing for him. And now he's losing to Cedric Alexander, which is great, but it doesn't do anything for him. Or a Cedric. It really doesn't do anything yeah. for anyone. They're kind of just, he's hes part of the bloat in their roster. Which yeah. is too bad. He deserves better. Uh, but I also think that in some ways we could have guessed that WWE was not the best place for him. Yeah. But at the time that he signed, it was probably the only place that he could go on an upward trajectory. Yeah, except for AEW now, which yeah. um, I, I just, I hearken back to this, in, in my head, I hearken back to this interview that he had given with Jim Ross on a podcast, which was just 20 minutes of Jim Ross fawning over him. And I thought that was very weird. Yeah. But it was um, Ricochet basically saying, like, I'll come to the WWE after I win the best of the Super Juniors. It's something I haven't done in New Japan yet. Um, Lucha Underground was in uh, hiatus at that point. So he hadn't finished up his dates or commitments or whatever for the third season. So it didn't seem like he could leave yet. Yeah. Um, and then he popped up as Trevor man on NXT and I immediately groaned. I was like, why are they just showing his real name? Just, mm-hmm. just call him fucking ricochet. And they did. Yep. And he had standout feuds with Velveteen dream. He won the NXT North American title from Adam Cole. Yep. He lost it to Johnny Gargano. He got shunted into a tag team with Aleister black that worked. Um, yeah. They had their incredible tag feud with the Viking Raiders for, again, a cup of coffee. But what should have been, I'll, I saw it live, what should have been just like a blow-off goodbye match because him and Black were going up to the main roster literally the next day. They put everything that they possibly mm-hmm. could have into that match with Viking with the Viking Raiders at uh, TakeOver, TakeOver New York, was it? Yeah. yeah. And... I I I know it's early for the recommendation section, but that match is just just such a fucking hidden gem yeah. that the four of them just agreed that they were going to tear it up and did. Yeah, it was a yeah, it was kind of a, a nice last stand for all four of them, really. Yeah. Uh, but especially Ricochet's kind of just been shunted off for with nothing to do on the main roster. So yeah. like, what happened was Wrestle Votes, uh, who are relatively uh, good on rumors, said that there's like a star who's contracts not going to run out and they're not going to sign but they didn't specify and people started looking through who has like who might be up in january or something like that and ricochet yeah. came up but he denies it so we'll see maybe still negotiating i don't yeah. know the other news that got refuted was melina coming back uh which i think yeah. is gonna happen yeah. but like you know she's she did one of those like i haven't signed anything with wwe kind of tweets but yeah. like implied that she's been talking to them so it's probably just like a matter of time Right. I think that she she's the type of person that will bolster um, the roster wherever she goes. Ross yeah. Smackdown NXT. Um, as much as much as they're obsessed with nostalgia, um, as long as they don't put a microphone in her hand, it's great. Um, yeah. She's a bad promo, and she like her delivery is very stunted. The content's never good, but she's a good she's a good enough wrestler. She yeah. basically is a few steps down from Mickey James or Beth Phoenix, but she was in the mix when they were transitioning away from like Molly Holly, Mickey James and over to the Bella twins. She was right in the middle. Right. So um, I'm happy to see her back. I, I'm sad that NWA seems to continue to get uh, cannibalized. Like Wade Barrett signed with NXT yep. um, to be an announcer full time. Thunder Rose is doing things with AEW. Ricky Starks is in AEW. Um, so for people like Sienna and Tim Storm and uh, Nick Aldis, I feel bad. Yeah. But 
um, for Melina, it makes sense for her to do this. And for the women's roster, it makes sense to have another like locker room leader. Yeah, for sure. It makes sense for her to come back, get that paycheck. Probably a, if she's not in the hall of fame already, probably an induction, whatever. Yeah, why not? You know, who cares? Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, totally fine. Uh, the last time I saw her was in Lucha Underground, which I'm repping, uh, like helping John uh, at the time, Johnny. Mundo. Yeah, Johnny Mundo. Uh, and then she, she got written out immediately. So I wonder yeah. if they'll do the same thing this time. I don't know. Uh, I Yeah, I hope they keep her away from John Morrison. There's no need. Yeah, I think they had like some beef at some point that maybe got squashed around the time that Lucha Underground, but whatever. Uh, I yeah. can imagine that being the reason, a part of the reason why they bring her back, though. I don't know. Right. But we will see when it happens. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, let's see. Let's go to the other side of the world for a second. Uh, yep. Stardom's five-star Grand Prix is all, well, it is over. I know who won, because I cannot stay away from Instagram stories, and sometimes you just go one over, just just over just one more than you need to. And then you wind up yep. uh, fucking seeing somebody with a crown and a cape. And you're like, oh, I know how they got that crown and the cape. I'm kicking someone wicked hard. Um, yeah. But I, uh, let's see. They did two shows uh, last Saturday and one show last Sunday. And some wrestlers wrestled multiple times per show. Uh, but I wanted to, I wonder if this is even. Because this YouTube video is in Japanese or has Japanese text around it, I have no idea who or what is happening here. Uh, here we go. Oh, I mean, Tam Nakano and Julia are in the same ring. Everyone knows what's happening. Yes, there is a lot of kicking and, oh, it seems to be the... There we go. We can... I wonder if this will... This is just the promo, I guess. Uh, shoot, whatever. Um yeah, I can't tell because of all the Japanese text, and I, I've been practicing, but not well enough to do YouTube yet. But in the future, maybe I will. Uh, but yeah, this was a fucking brutal fight. Yeah. This is probably the match of the tournament. They It was just all hard, stiff shots to the head uh, and, and on a tiger suplex. The, this feud is so good. Um, yeah. They have one more match scheduled for their equivalent to the intercontinental title uh, that'll happen on at the end of the month uh september 28th uh but yeah it's been a really good tournament like this is the stand-up match of the tournament i think yep but in terms of individuals like it's all the young people on the roster who's really like been standing out like the other yep. members of ddm uh micah and sayuri who uh is continuing or continued the tournament after her mother died uh, which is pretty brutal, but yeah. I, you know, I respect it. I don't think everyone has to do that, but I respect her coming back um, and only missing one match. Uh, but yeah, her uh, Himeka, the Jumbo Princess, has been a good, like, bigger, uh, physically bigger wrestler who's like shown a lot, and she's pretty green, but it's pretty incredible. But yeah, it's been a fun tournament of watching some like people who are probably going to be big deals in like two years, um, and just wanted to highlight that because I've. Love this tournament the whole time. It's the only wrestling that Alyssa still watches with me uh, yep. for now. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, it's a good time. I can't wait to finish the... They just uploaded the finals like uh, just before we started recording. And yep. that, that's pretty good for them because it was like the 24-hour difference. Uh, yeah. yeah, did you watch any of the tournament? Uh, I did. I watched um, some of the matches between... 
uh, um, Hina and the the sisters. Oh yeah, uh, the one who dresses up like Hanakamura as a tribute and um, her twin. Yeah, I watched some of those. I watched. Uh, I love Death Yama. Yes, uh, she's my favorite. Um, I didn't watch the match where she fights Mayori. Uh, or excuse me, um, Mayu and yeah. reads her memoir to her while she's in a. Uh, Cobra Twist. Yes, yeah. The um, Mayu Yotani had put out a, a memoir recently, and Death Yama had that under the ring because why not? Everything's under the ring. It's yeah. a void. It's like the it's like the Vanilla Ice stand in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, it's just a void where you can pull anything out. And in this case, it was her memoir, and she used it as an illegal weapon to hit Mayu with, and also demanded that Mayu read some of it. <laughs> yep. During the match while in a submission hold. It's just good psychology. Yeah, obviously. Why not? Just remind her that <laughs> remind her that at one point uh Arisa beat her. <laughs> yep. And that came up in the memoir. But it was a good spot. Good. Death Yama had a great run of comedy shit going on. Um yep. yeah. Let's see. Uh did you watch AEW Dynamite? Because it was excellent this week. Uh I I meant to. It was on my docket and then um the <laughs> This is, this is a weird quirk that um, I love is the difference between the two of us. When you watch New Japan, you're enraptured and you don't miss a detail. When I watch it, I fall asleep. Yeah, I, uh, no, okay. Well, okay, with the G1, I did take a break between the Jay White uh, Shingo match and the main event. Yeah. Uh, not a full-on nap, but like an Animal Crossing break, you know, because I do need to. I do need to take breaks. Yeah. I, I am human, contrary to rumor and innuendo. And the opening to uh, Charmed. Yes. Uh, you're human and you need to be loved. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Dynamite was really good. Uh, I do recommend it. I don't know. Have you heard uh, much about what happened this week? Literally nothing. And like you, what you had said about Instagram stories, I pretty much knew who was going to win each of the G1 matches because they highlight all of them after they yeah. happen. But not Dynamite. I've been spoiler-free for Dynamite. Oh, you, uh, I do recommend going out of your way for this one. Okay. Uh, there was an excellent, excellent match between uh, Frankie Kazarian and Hangman Page with, uh, yeah, with Kenny Omega on commentary, doing a very good job of being like, "Hey, Hangman could do whatever he wants, whatever." I'm, just, I'm not gonna, I'm not focusing on the tag team division anymore. I'm out for myself now. But like being, yep. being very, a very heel Canadian about it, <laughs> just be like a very, there was a very passive aggressive kind of like, I, I don't. You know, there was like a, po- a point where, like, for example, uh, Frankie got a near fall on Hangman, and Kenny like lurched a little bit, like, oh, and then the announcer's like, oh, what, what, what was that, Kenny? And he's like, oh, well, if this was a tag match, this is, that's where I would have made the save, but I guess, I guess he got out of it on his own, oh, <laughs> like, man. like that kind of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, that like. If you're in a company with Chris Jericho, who's the master of passive aggressive Canadian heel work, then yeah. you got to stand out. And good for Omega. Yeah, it's uh, some of the best character work I've seen him do ever. Uh, nice. Just on commentary, yeah. just, the, just the little things that you know mark it as uh, interesting. Uh, there was, oh, I mean, the big thing that happened was this uh, parking lot brawl. Yes. Uh, yeah, between best friends and fucking what are they called? Uh, par- proud and powerful. Yep. Which. Whew, that's one of those hardcore matches I've seen on TV in a long time. Yeah, I I, I saw screen caps of it. That's the only thing that I did um, get a little bit spoiled on. It was just, to me, 
I'm a '90s kid because that's when I grew up. I'm I'm 33, born in '87. So um, the dead president's fucking ma- ma- face mask that uh, proud and powerful were watching. I was like, no one gets this but a handful of people. Yes, <laughs> actually, they, uh, I mean, you got it. Of course, I got it. Uh, Tony Schiavone. For- I would not expect him to, but he did it. He was like, ah, they're dressed up like dead presidents. That's awesome. (laughs) Fucking Woko Shivani. Yeah. Uh, Who Uh, who, would have guessed? But yeah, it was delightful. Uh, It was a very violent match. Uh, There was a lot of, man, uh, whatever budget they had for cars, good for them. That was a lot of cars being pile-driven on, power-bombed on, and splashed on and shit. Like the movie Dead President. Yes. <laughs> oh, those 90s aesthetics never go away. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, AEW is probably the only company to pull this off. I would love to see them do a shot-for-shot wrestling reshoot of Super Cop. <laughs> oh, Just, like, God. make Orange Cassidy be Jackie Chan. I would want Orange Cassidy as Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Uh, seems like he would be the one to ride a motorcycle onto a train. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Without breaking a sweat about it. Or his back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Orange Cassidy made a, a cameo during, during that match. Oh, and uh, also Thunder Rosa um, the, the, uh, defended the NWA women's title on Again. AEW Dynamite. Against Steve Lee's, right? Yep, yeah. Nice. Uh, supposedly, like, at some point, communication quote broke down between them, and like they started shooting at each other, according to the internet. Yeah. Uh, but I... Uh, I I would not have noticed if nobody had said anything. Yeah. Like it must have been very brief. Oh, I can pull this up. But yeah, AEW paying off. You know, the uh, best friends, power and power, uh, proud and powerful feud has been going ooh. on a while. But yeah. oof, yeah, it's just this. Maybe this is what Raw Underground should be, but with less of a budget towards cars. Right, because in the background you have all these like supposed AW roster members, if not like fans from Dally's place. So if you're going to have a crowd and you're going to have like limited real people can watch up oh, puffs in the background, puff is God. Yep. <laughs> um, God, I love fat men who are just, their gimmick is fat, but um, yeah. Pineapple Pete ended up, I think in both the background of raw underground and um, dynamite this week. So good on him. <laughs> yeah. Good for him. I would have thought he was like an AW exclusive audience member, but same so they gotta fucking hire him yeah get him <laughs> keep him away from raw underground or oh, Braun Strowman might throw him yes and they might have a visual pineapple joke because they don't know what subtlety is yeah <laughs> yeah go, look at the blood on uh, uh, tr- uh, Trent's back Trent. Jesus yeah they uh, I they love really these matches be- yeah I love these matches because Proud and Powerful is over on their own they're part of the inner circle they mm-hmm. can cut very good promos. They're excellent wrestlers. I don't think that the best friends have had like a match that helps them stand out. And Trent is the breakout star of the two of them. So this is the type of like visual pathos you can kind of put in your brain. Like when Randy Orton fought Mick Foley at Backlash and you were just like, Oh, he's not just a pretty face. He's hard. He can be a hardcore style wrestler. Yeah. So I've been waiting for a next year from Trent. And this looks like this is one of the opportunities for him to bust out. For sure. Yeah. I think like in the past, couple months especially they've kind of become like the friends of orange cassidy in a way so like having a like first off this feud it's been going on a while it's built very well and i can see why it wouldn't make the pay-per-view just because it's not for a title and they've already got like so many tag matches on the last pay-per-view 
So like having it blow off on dynamite in this way is like explosive. It's a nice thing to give away for essentially free. Yep. And what AEW doesn't beat you over the head about in terms of like team alliances that the dark order is the only stable that comes out in full force all the time. And the inner circle is just weirdly partitioned off because Sammy got himself in trouble Jericho and Hager are now focusing on being a tag team, which is good because they'll, they'll probably not win the titles, but they'll just be a thorn in the side of whoever they want. Yeah. And Proud and Powerful can just do this. Yeah. <laughs> uh-oh. uh-oh. <laughs> An orange punch with a fucking chain on his hand. What a world. <laughs> also, just like, this is what I love about having taken improv classes. If this, like, if this is true, what else is true? How long was he in that trunk? I don't know, forever. <laughs> he wasn't on the rest of the show. So he just found a car. Uh, to sleep in. Yeah, he just went to the parking lot, uh, looked at the cars and was like, which cars are going to be circling around the parking lot brawl ring, to quote unquote. Uh, then he picked right. one and then he sat in it and he probably had a phone and uh, probably a, a soda or something like that and waited. Until until he heard, uh, he knows the sound of uh, Chucky e. T's head banging on the trunk of a car. So he just waited for that to happen and then yep. popped out dramatically. It makes sense. Of course. I yeah. mean, it, uh, and it's the type of thing where, like, I don't give a shit about the booking after. Just like, I just want to see these two teams rip each other apart. Whoever wins, great. Um from what I understand, I think it's the only thing I may have been spoiled on, is that uh, Trent Trent gives a tribute to his mom, where it's just like, they loop back to like the fact that Trent's mom gave him a ride to the ring once in his van, yeah. and the van got vandalized, and he loves his mom, and he just like, this says in so many words, like, this is for you, mom. Like, they yeah. pay shit off. Yep. And then uh, his mom drove them all off uh, away from the match after it was over. Uh, Orange Cassidy yep. sat shotgun. Of course. <laughs> He's just, their daddy well, now. You know, it was that or the trunk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah of course. Uh, they, I'm glad they kept her van away from this fight because none of the cars survived. Uh, <laughs> and maybe only half the wrestlers did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Again, just imagine during this fight if, like, the AEW equivalent of Michelle Yu just busted in on a motorcycle and how exciting that would have been. Yeah, absolutely. Uh. <laughs> Uh, they could do that maybe at the next pay-per-view. I've, I mean, they accomplished slightly more than that at the Stadium Stampede. Oh, just and again, this is just, uh, this is all hyperbolic stuff that would be fun to watch visually. Just like imagine from behind the giant scoreboard in the stadium that someone just rides a motorcycle over it. <laughs> obviously, they like they land safely. I don't care how, but like, yeah, imagine if fucking. Hikaru Shida does that to set up a gigantic fucking frog splash on Nyla Rose or something. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, so great AEW Dynamite this week. Uh, definitely recommend that. I've heard Impact was good, but I didn't watch it because I had so much stardom to watch. And also, yep. we're at the end of one round-robin tournament and the start of the slightly bigger one of the year, the G1 Climax. The slightly bigger, the undisputedly fucking better. The G1 is back. Yes. I would not say it's undisputedly better than the five-star, but that's my taste. Um, but yeah. it is a very exciting that we're starting this one back up again. And thanks to the pandemic, uh, no mixed tags. 
None of these fucking yeah. tag matches for an hour. Uh, it's just straight up block action. I am so happy. Uh, the only difference, like A block one show, B block the other show. A couple of young lions fighting. I guess uh, Suji and uh, Uemura. Is that his name? Yeah, right? Yeah, so, uh, Gabriel Kidd was on the B block one with yeah. Suji, but Suji and Uemura, yep. Yeah, they're, I guess they, just those two have like six matches, six one-on-one matches scheduled throughout the G1 tour. So we'll see how those go, but they're, they work very well together. I'm surprised Gabriel Kidd is uh, still around because I thought he had a neck injury, but hey, good for him. So, um, I mean, we we talked about this last week that Suji, I think, is going to be the next bust out uh, young lion now that um, Narita and Umino are on uh, excursion. Yeah. And uh, oh, but who knows? Maybe he'll get better than Master Wado. I I miss Wado already, uh, having watched one <laughs> show. Him and his. That's fun. Yeah, he's 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 great. Um, he's either the next Yoshihashi. He sure is blue. <laughs> He's either the next Yoshihashi or something greater. We'll see. There's no in between. <laughs> nope, there really isn't. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, how much were you able to watch before we started recording? I got through all of B Block from uh, what got uh, produced today. It was okay. all in Japanese. So that's part. That's part of what knocks me out. Is that it's not that I'm not entertained. It's that I don't know what they're saying. So yeah. if I see. Yeah. Yeah, I was um, shocked. So if that... I see... No, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Okay, I was just shocked that there's no live English commentary for at least the first two nights, uh, the first nights of yeah. each block. But uh, Right. So, well, you know, it, it, I was still able to watch the A block, and uh, that's all I watch. I haven't watched any of the B block show yet. Okay, what? Oh, hold on. But I saw everything else. Nice. And, um, like, I don't know how, I think in part the quarantine has emboldened so many wrestlers to give their absolute best because they haven't had the platform to do it anywhere else, really. True. Um, cause every one of the matches was a killer. Every okay. one of them. And like, not, not all of them were main events, but fucking Yoshihashi looked good and I shit on him constantly, but he fucking brought it. Yeah, thank you. You're seeing the light, baby. Yeah, <laughs> he's yeah he's he's never gonna be a winner, but he's very good at being a lovable loser. Um, yeah, I um I really enjoyed the. I mean, it's a no brainer that I would enjoy the Ishi uh, uh Suzuki match. Yep. Uh that was fucking. That was probably the match of the night for me. Though I am also extremely happy that Jay White is back in my life. They they had a pirate sized uh, villain hole in their life because Sanada filled it for your uh, face side because oh my god but he ditched the fucking pirate aesthetic so I'm just like yes yeah, Sanada's moved on yeah <laughs> he saw the evil evolved and was like I must evolve as well like a Pokemon trying to keep up with someone in the same trainer's pocket the trainer is Naito in this situation <laughs> he is <laughs> yeah he's he's Ash he's got the baseball cap um and he likes to throw. Pokeballs, except the baseballs. It works. Yeah, which we didn't talk about it last week, but how year over year, one of the sayings that they have is B-Block is best block. Tanahashi's yep. in B-Block for it feels like the first time in several years. And yeah. um, he squares off with Naito in the uh, B-Block final match, which I won't say what happens. It's good. Yeah. Um, 
but for you, for A Block, because that's what you've seen with Zishi Suzuki. For me, for B Block, it was Zack Saber versus Evil. That nice. match bangs. Nice, nice. Yeah, I will catch up on it. But like, um, I also could I have watched some of B Block? Yes. Was I working on my predictions and setting up spreadsheets? Also, yes. And that's why <laughs> I did not have the time. Uh, right now for the A Block, I am four out of five predictions correct. Yep. Uh, which was the one that I didn't get. Uh, I'll, I'll look it up. Whatever, four out of five, not bad though. Um, yeah. It was. It, I think it's interesting how the main events of the A block ends. I will say this um, without spoiling anything. It seems that the big weakness for Okada's money clip for submission, yeah, is that Ibushi can't remember how it goes to save his life. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is too confusing. They fuck it up the same way twice, and it's kind of hilarious. It doesn't ruin the match or anything, uh, or it doesn't spoil the end of the match for you at all. But right, it's uh, <laughs> it was just fun to watch and be like, oh, oh, he, oh, my, my, my poor sweet himbo. It is. <laughs> it just goes. It goes over like that, and then you you hold it. That's it. It's just yep. let let Okada guide you, baby. <laughs> the closest thing to a wrestling savant, just like prodigy murder death machine, is Kota Bushi. So to just hear that he didn't understand something, but it was nonverbal, is very yeah. funny. Yes, yeah, uh, but yeah. Overall, we're on off to a great start. Uh, everyone, I think, yeah, just about everyone, uh, except I guess, uh, what's his what's his name? Um, Tokyo Pimp um, Takahashi Yujiro. Uh, uh, yeah. Other than him, like everyone's a, f- a proven commodity, so this should be a really fun G one. Even if like some of the matches are kind of like we've all we've seen a lot of these matches before, uh, yeah. it's still going to be really fun. Also, they did away with that fucking app that they were using for the crowd noise. It seems, yeah, which you know which, the we complained about at the the baseball show. Yeah, I mean, because it it just takes you out of it, and it feels more like WWE force production, where yeah. they just they want to control the narrative all of the time. Where yeah. New Japan historically has always been like happy to let the fans lead, and the rest right. those are front front and center. Well, um, well, it was the fans controlling it. It's like an app on their phones that they like oh press, and then it like makes a booing sound. But that yeah. sound is so generic that yeah. it just sounds like robots. So it, yeah, yeah it, it took away a lot more than it added. So I'm glad that they're just they're sticking to stomps. And I think you're yeah. right that like the wrestlers are trying a little harder. And part of me thinks it might be because they can't cheer or scream as much. So like they're like, let's get these guys invested by working harder, even though verbally they can't communicate their uh, excitement at the match. Which oh my like that plays absolutely to the strength of people like Shingo Suzuki mm-hmm. Ishii. And Goto, who their entire aesthetic is that they just fucking hit people really hard. Yeah. And yeah. enjoy doing it. Yeah. I think the hardest hitting guys have been like, you know, having like the best uh, time since quarantine started. Like that uh, Suzuki uh, Kojima. Man. Or was it Kojima? No, it was um, this fucking name. Blue. Blue. Yuji Nagata. Nagata. Yeah. That Suzuki Nagata match that uh, happened early on in the New Japan Cup. That was amazing. Uh, yeah. It's just these really strong-hitting guys that are, like, thriving here, such as Shingo and Jay White and Suzuki. And, you know, yeah, love me some Jay White. He's, he's, yep. calling, it the J, he's calling it the J1, and I am for it. 
<laughs> he comes back. He, he comes back from America, and all he does is fucking point at his abs and name the tournament after himself. And I'm like, that's my guy. I am all in. That's all he's gonna do because, like, the whole New Japan narrative has just been evil, and um, in America, it's been Kenta. So, like, if the Jay White seems to be the type of wrestler he's young enough in his career that he can do a ton, but. Yeah. If he just reads the the tea leaves, so to speak, in terms of understanding what like the big main story points are, he can just make his own thing. Like when Kenta was flirting with the camera operator um, and treated it like a dating sim last year. Like just find your thing and fucking run with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is going to be a fun uh, month, almost a month of action. I'm going to be moving the day before the finals, so I need to set up my internet before that uh definitely note to self there yeah yeah uh so yeah that's a early impression of the g1s we'll see how they turn out hopefully it's not as cursed as stardom's uh schedule with the like you have to cancel a weekend's worth of shows or two uh and they can just keep on trucking on providing excellent wrestling Uh, anything you want to recommend for the week at the well we wrap up the show yeah in terms of old stuff look back and watch uh, NXT TakeOver New York from um, when it featured Ricochet versus Ricochet and Alistair Black versus the Viking Raiders. Um, in terms of this week, go out of your way to watch the just just like the last minute of uh, Baron Corbin, Sheamus versus Reigns and Jey Uso because it's the best I've seen Jey Uso look. Nice. Um, yeah, definitely those two. All right. And I will throw out there uh, Fire Pro World, still a very fun video game. Uh, I cannot wait to see what fucking craziness this storyline has uh left for me and also uh that aw dynamite like it's overall top to bottom excellent show uh the, one of the best of the week so uh this has been the wrestle down uh i'm jerry palapal twitter.com swing dingling i am dennis bruno aka mike man quarantine action wrestling streams every thursday night at eight o'clock on twitch tv twitch tv forward slash quarantine action wrestling we're moving to 2mb studios a week from this thursday so follow us for the move we're gonna have two royal rumbles to kick off the transition and i am going to eat food (laughs) good job thank you (laughs) (laughs) Um, this has been the rest thank you for listening up to the wrestle down uh have a good weekend y'all Food is itchy, bud! Wrestle <laughs> 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 <laughs>